Whiskey Jay here in the Cult of Ramble Ranch in the Squatter Studios, or if you want to call it Ball Sweat Studios, it's hot. Hot. We're going to review, well, of course, Monday review, but we're going to review fights. We're going to review Mungia versus Zamorete, Charlo versus Montiel, and Inoue versus Dasa Marino. And we're going to sprinkle a little bit of Chavez. You'll figure out which Chavez we're going to talk about. But I'm not the only one that does this. I do got a co-host, and I am playing his intro today. B-Ray, say hi to the fans. Hey, hey what's up, motherfuckers? <laughs> Turn it off. I can hear the shit. What's going on, man? Okay. What's going on? Good. Very good, man. Good, good. So, <laughs> had a lot of people ask us, hey, what the fuck? Expected, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I expect a Monday review on a Monday. It's still Monday. It is. It's still Monday, Monday. still Monday evening, so we still got enough time to give you guys the dose of the yep. J&B-Ray Boxing Podcast. Thank you guys for tuning in. Yes. Um... Shit, dude, that was a good weekend this past. Very good weekend. <laughs> um, we had uh, had my goddaughters come and visit right, me for Father's Day. Yep, yep. So uh, it was great having them here. I, I always like having family over. Oh fuck yeah! Well, especially when it's like you know when it's some fights. Yeah, yeah, especially because they don't even know what the fuck. No, exactly. And they're asking you like, "Is this important?" Oh my god, they're asking us, "Where is this taking place? Who is this? How old are they? Where is he from?" <laughs> that looked like it hurt. I like how I like how ca- I like casuals when they're like they act like they know how it hurts. That looked like it hurt. Yes, that hurt him. That hurt him, and I'm like looking I'm like, nah, that hurt him. That didn't hurt him. Keep talking, real quick. Let me see. Let me get. Let me fix the AC issue here. Exactly. But yeah, man, it's funny. Very, very funny when they do that. Actually, uh, it's pretty entertaining as well. So it's very, very entertaining when you do that. So it's fun when you go along with it. So it's always great to have. I've always said that um, when when there's a when there's a uh, this this week obviously wasn't a big huge fight, but still I've always enjoyed having family over. As there's, there's, you know, there's a fight going on. It just reminds me I was back in the day. So I, I love that. It was, you know, very nice atmosphere. It was nice having the family over. Same here. We had good food. I fixed the AC problem. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, so, I, yes. I, I heard everything you said. No, I completely agree. I liked it. I, I, I think it makes it more enjoyable because they're, they're diming in too. Like, oh, hey, uh, what's going on here? Especially because, like I said last on uh, the last episode or uh, Thursday, last episode going yeah. into the weekend, I, I had a wager going. Yeah. I had a wager going. Yeah, he did. For the Montiel Charlo fight. And uh, we'll get to that. We'll get but, to that one. But uh, uh, the, the family saw me a little bit nervous. Yeah. To the fight. <laughs> um, I, I'm not going to lie. I had money down for the Mungia fight, too. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I lost money. Oh, shit. Lost some money. I lost oh, $20. Man. That's what happens when the Whiskey J uh, decides to bet. He, know, he loses. You know what? I, I've, I don't know if I mentioned this. I've only betted once on a fight. Uh-huh. And I lost twenty bucks. It was in the it was the Cotto Canelo fight. Yep, me and my coworker. And he goes, "Well, how much you want to bet?" Is it in junior? It? Huh? Is it junior? 
No, it wasn't oh, Junior. No, it was guy. some some asshole. <laughs> some asshole from the produce department. Guess what, Junior? I am a CM Punk guy. And he's like, <laughs> and of course he was going for his Mexican, you know, country man. But you're not Puerto Rican, so why are you going for Puerto Ricans? I was. Going- <laughs> <laughs> for the it wasn't like I was going for him. I, I, that was my prediction. I was like, hey, I think Cotto's gonna win. I know. You know what the thing is, and I, I don't like betting because for the same reason, right? I'm usually sort of kind of good at, at, at predicting fights, mm-hmm. and uh, we, we were off this week. Like we, everything we predicted. First of all, like every, if you guys bet money based on our predictions and you yeah. lost, you lost. That's on you. <laughs> that's on you. Exactly. We play boxing analysts. We're not real boxing. We're analysts. not experts. <laughs> Yeah, so don't give me like that, yeah. That's why we're not sponsored by any betting. Like we're not uh, by DraftKings, <laughs> DraftKings. or uh, whatever betting podcast, <laughs> betting service. We're not. That's why we're not sponsored because we suck at this. <laughs> Even if we wanted to do a parlay, which we bet in all three fights, we uh-huh. would have sucked anyway. So oh, yeah, totally. <laughs> so especially you, that meme you showed me today, <laughs> like not us. Yeah, not us. Now it's not. Show it later. Yeah, yeah. Post that shit after. Oh, that post that shit was fucking funny. Post that shit after. Yeah, post that shit after. <laughs> all right. All right. <laughs> So it was fight weekend. We had three different fights. Four different fights, if you want to count the Chavez fights. We had three different fights. Um, one happening in El Paso, one in Houston, and one on in Las Vegas. Las Vegas. Uh-huh. Now, we found, it diff- we found it a little bit different this past weekend. All fights, almost like on purpose, started earlier and tried to wait out the next fight. It's almost like they didn't want to compete. Right. For the consumer, like myself, I enjoyed. Yeah. Um, first one. The, the zone card. I didn't get no notification. You got no notification on that. That the card was starting, and I and I have the the zone app. Mm-hmm. You know, I didn't get no notification. I got notified after Gabe Rosado won that the fight started. Which some people are calling it a, a knock of the, Which of the we'll, year. We'll talk about it we'll now. talk about that for yeah, sure. Yeah, because I want to talk about that because it's going to go yeah. into our topics. Um, and then right after the the zone fight, we waited maybe another hour or so. I would say another hour, and we tuned into the undercards of ESPN. And then when at six o'clock, Kate, we tuned in the Showtime to yep. watch their two undercards and then the main event, mm-hmm. Charlo Montiel. And as soon as that was over, it's almost like Top Rank purposely uh, um, dragged on their event so to wait out Charlo, mm-hmm. so then they can get um, a new way fight going on. Yeah. If you actually notice, all three main events spaced each other out, almost not to compete against each other. For the consumer, I'm not complaining. No, you were able to really catch these fights. Like, we, we, we didn't think we were going to do it. Remember, no. The original plan was we're just going to watch the design card and then switch to the to Showtime, the as, showtime. Quick, mm-hmm. as quick as we can or go vice versa. And here we were like, what the fuck? We, we started with the zone, switched to ESPN, switched back to Showtime, mm-hmm. and then finished off with ESPN. Yep. Um, do you like that now? Like moving forward, if there's another event where there's like literally three different networks, do you think that's better? I like to me, it is better in my opinion for for fans, especially I'm speaking as a boxing fan. I did like that. I really did like that because and and some we've seen this before where they did compete with each other, and you're only able to watch one one fight live. The rest you had to catch it either later on, right? If you have your DVR, depending what you have, or watch the next day. But how does that say about a fighter? Like, like, so let's say, perfect example, Top Rank decided to put the Inua fight at three o'clock. Mm-hmm. Like, well, the, I'm assuming the uh, the whole undercard for the zone started around one. It, it seems like it, because yeah. Because the main event ended, the main event ended almost around three thirty-ish, almost going yeah, close four, to four. Uh, yep. How do you feel as a main eventer to be told, "Hey, you were going to start the undercard quick, so you can be fighting by three o'clock"? 
like what the fuck? Like <laughs> I, you know, I'm accustomed to fighting evening fights. Uh-huh. Do you think that matters to a boxer, or is it just like I just want to get it out of the way? No, you know, I don't want. That's a, it's a good question to ask fighters, but for or me, do you from, think- from the outside, I don't think it, it shouldn't. I think that what matters is as long as all eyes is on you, right? Everyone's able to see you fight, showcase your talent. Yeah, but what is it when the network fails to notify the fans? Well, it was my fault. I should have checked the mm-hmm. the, the time of what when the fights were gonna yeah, start. Yeah. But even then, I was I don't even remember being notified that the fight was gonna start. No, and I again I never checked either, so I think that's on us. But let's say if that wasn't really on us, then that's a different story. Does yeah, that, that's, that's on that, them. Does that say a lot about the network believing in you and your star power that you're gonna attract, no matter what time? Like fuck it, I just put Mungia on a three o'clock main event <laughs> time. You know, he'll still draw numbers for us. Or is it, you know, the lack of, you know, you can use that as an excuse. Well, it's because we, you know, the la- the the poor ratings or the poor downloads for or subscription was because, you know, we started Mugia at 3. We, you mm-hmm. know, it, it, that was, that's what happened. <laughs> you know, it, it's kind of like. Yeah, yeah, I get you. Either you believe in the guy and his star power or you're using that as an escape. Why the, if we were ever to get the zone ratings, there, mm-hmm. that would be there. She's, oh, well, we decided to start early. You know, the boxing event started that early and you look know, what happened. That might be the actually you know what? It's 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 back and forth with it really. With the the zone with Mongia. Think about it. I'm pretty sure that is a, that is kind of them saying you're good, but you don't have that much star power. Because for sure, let's say Canelo was fighting that fucking day. Oh, yeah. Canelo would not be starting. Would not be main event at three o'clock. The zone be like, no, we're starting like the usual time. Unless Canelo's fighting in Saudi Arabia. Yeah, there we go. That's the only time I can see a guy, a high-profile fighter like Canelo, Joshua, Wilder, yeah, Spence. That makes sense. Those guys starting at that time, but they're fighting overseas. But you're fighting in El Paso, Texas, which is only a three-hour difference between us here in California. Right, like a, that, two or three. Uh-huh, yeah. Yeah, so. Mm-hmm. All right, fuck. I think people have been tired of us bullshitting around. I think they want to get to it. <laughs> so we're going to start it the way we fucking started. Yeah. <laughs> we're going to go to the zone. So, the zone. Um, I didn't get a chance to see this fight. Um, I ended up replaying. I didn't get the chance. Let me rephrase it. I didn't get a chance to see this fight live. Mm-hmm. I caught the end of it when we finally tuned in. I got to rewatch it today. Gabe Rosado, King Gabe Rosado, won a spectacular knockout over previous unbeaten Bechtermir, Beck Bully, Give you. I'm fucking up his name. <laughs> B Ray, the yeah. guy was walking in with seven wins, zero losses. Six knockouts. Seven wins. Okay. And he was going against a veteran road warrior because he's a road warrior. Yes, he is. Gabe Rosado with 26 wins, 13 losses, one draw, 14 KOs. <laughs> you got to be ballsy as a promoter and a matchmaker to put that kid. Yeah. You must believe in him so bad to put him against a KG fighter, a road warrior. Like Gabe Rosado. Like Gabe Rosado, yeah. Just, you, like, really? you must have thought you have the next Sergey Kovalev, the next <laughs> the next Lomachenko, the next Triple G in your hand. You're like, this guy's going to go fuck this guy up. <laughs> or he's a fuck up and the promoter just wanted to cash him out already and be like, yeah, whatever, let's just get him out of the way. <laughs> but I saw it. it, it um, what rather than, and I just saw that uh, that knockout. It's pretty good. In a, uh, so it was a uh, round three. Wow. It was an overhand right that big one pretty much just flatlined them down, face down, ass yeah. up. He tried to get up, rev, you know, there was no way. He was gonna no. get he was gonna get demolished. He got, and Gabe Rosado wins. Yep. Gabe Rosado wins, he And they're he, nominating it as a knocker of the year so far. So we're yep. in June we're and in this June. is the first nomination for fight of the year. Um Knock of the Year, right? Knockout of the year. I'm there sorry. Not yeah. fight of the year. Knockout mm-hmm. of the year. Um Gabe Rosado, I'm glad he won. 
I think uh, yeah. if there's anybody in boxing that deserves that win, it's Gabriel Zadar. Especially after his uh, fight against Danny Jacobs, where he won the fucking he, fight. He won the fight. That was a shame. He's won. The, he's been on the. Gabriel Zadar is the type of fighter that's been on the wrong end of boxing. Mm-hmm. You know, he's a good looking kid. No homo. Um, I mean, he met him, so he must know. <laughs> good look, yeah, I did meet him. I met him at the right. Triple G Canelo yes. 2 press conference yeah, yeah, in yeah, LA, yeah. the LA Live. Yeah, yeah, when I was invited. <laughs> when I was invited. Yeah, you were invited. I was invited as a correspondent of boxing for KTLA at the time. Yep. That's yep, right. Yep. Got picture. I should post a picture like that. Huh? God damn it. I don't I, think I, I ever posted them, did I? Uh, I think you did. I don't know. Yeah. If not, you should put it up for Throwback Thursday. Who says I have it? I see. I have the press. I have, I have the you press. You do, badge. and I love seeing that every time I come in this. It shows uh, our accomplishments. This, basically, the level one podcast it shows our accomplishments. I, I hope we can accomplish that again this time. I'll be with you. It's, I know, right? Going in there, it'll be really nice. Getting a press badge for a fight. Fuck yeah! So, I, like I said, I met the guy, uh, real cool guy. He was able to answer some of my questions. <laughs> I was happy to see him win. Like I said, this guy's got on the wrong end. He's been on the wrong end of boxing. He has seen the ugly of boxing. Yeah. He's never been the star. You know, he hasn't been the world beater, but he's always the... Gabriel Zotto is the type of fighter that you have to be on your A game. If not, he'll fuck you up. Yes. You know, that yes. that's kind of the thing. Totally like, agree. He's the gut type of fighter that you only put him against your top prospect fighter if you think you want to test him. Like, mm-hmm. okay, let me test him out. Let me let me put him against Gabe. Like um, promoters, K two promoter, put him against Triple G. They put Triple G. Oh, Triple. Man. That's when we realized, okay, cool, he can beat level guys at the Gabe Rosado level. You know, um, who else? Charlo got got a crack at him. He barely got escaped off. He barely escaped yep. Peter Quill and got a shot at that. Mm-hmm. You know, he's the type of guy you put um you put in there, and like I said, if he's all hype, he'll expose it. If he's the goods, he'll show it. You know, and um, like, how can I explain like more explanation? He's the type of fighter you want to put like a guy in like, um, like Devin Haney. You know how Devin Haney followed like Norris. Yeah, Norris, uh-huh. he got tested against that. Yeah, what, yes. We saw we saw what the goods are. We we know what yeah, Dan uh, David Haney is made of now. Now we're gonna see if he proves after that. Mm-hmm. Fighting Gabe, you you improve after that. Yeah. If not, Gabe already set the blueprint up so for you to lose yep. to the next guy. So that's kind of the Gabe Rosado type fighter. The Gabe Rosado is the type of guy that exposes your weaknesses mm-hmm. and exposes you to see how dedicated you are to boxing. Are you mm-hmm. just all hype? Yeah. So I'm glad he won. My thing is, how the hell do you put a guy with seven wins, seven knockouts? That's why I go him? like, what? Seven wins? No, I'm like, what the, the hell? Fuck? I expect him you to say like maybe 20 wins. Something like that. I don't 15, get it. you know? Who is behind the, like, the matchmaking? Like, hey, who... For the Mungia undercard, who we put on the co-main event? <laughs> you know, we got Gabe. He's always ready. Gabe's Gabe. Gabe puts a good fight. Who do we put him against? What about that? Uh, that uh, Triple G wannabe. You know? <laughs> Wait, but doesn't he have seven wins? Yeah, yeah. But he's he's knocked out like almost all his opponents except for one. <laughs> Fuck it, let's put him on. <laughs> I can see that. Right, let's just, fuck it. Let's just put it. Let's just put it on there. He'll yeah. sink or swim. <laughs> uh, he sunk. sunk yeah, he really did. Very bad. So, like I said, he won. Uh, TK, uh, KO. Now it's uh, nominated for knockout of the year. Gabe Rosado, what's next for Gabe? I mean, he fluctuates between 160, 168. His la- um, where do you see this going for Gabe? Like, he puts himself in the map. Even with the, the Daniel Jacobs fight, we said he's still... 
He didn't lose. No, I did. He I puts like himself out yep. there. With this win, what does this put him in the the situation? Uh, honestly, the ones that for sure that was next for him, and he, he even said it. Yeah, I think he called out Jaime Munguia. So I would love to see a Munguia fight. Chris, where else he can go at one sixty eight? I like to see him against Billy Joe. That's a good if one. Billy if, Joe decides if, to come back. There we go. If he decides to come back. Yeah. If I'm if I'm Eddie Hearn and I want to test my fighter out, mm-hmm. uh, Gabe Rosado. And it's a good payday for Gabe. At this moment, Gabe Gabe could easy Gabe could also be like a tune up fight for Canelo, like if uh, he can't get Caleb Plant, Gabe Rosado in September. That would be very nice if he can get that Canelo fight. Because you can play that highlight knockout from here into September. And build the narrative. There's this guy, like the modern, he's a Philly, modern day Rocky. Yep. The modern day Rocky. You got the Puerto Rican Rocky. Yep. The Puerto Rican Rocky going against Canelo Alvarez, the face of boxing. <laughs> you, that sells itself right there, right? It actually, yeah. It would like have. if he can't give Caleb Plant, why not Gabe Gabe a shot? Gabe got a, Gabe got a split decision loss against Danny Jacobs, even though everyone thought he won it. Mm-hmm. He just knocked out prospect, hot rising prospect. Flat out. Like I said, you replay that knockout out, shit. It sells itself. Yeah, I agree. And I think people would respect it. And people, peop, this would be looked at as when De La Hoya decided to fight Gotti. We all knew what was going to happen, but Gotti's getting a payday. You're absolutely right. By the way, that was a very entertaining fight. Anyone has not seen that fight, it was really good. It's, but, but we it all knew. Good. Even we, right, we all knew. Dan yes. Raphael even said it when like, you know, when Gotti fought De La Hoya. Oh, yeah. We all knew what was going to happen, but we happen. all felt happy for Gotti, who was getting the payday he deserved. I totally agree. <laughs> you know? Yeah, because I was at one... It was at Welterweight, I believe? Yeah. He it made, was at Welterweight, he made, yeah. he made Gotti move to Welterweight. Well, well, yeah. It was still a good fight, and you're right. In a way, yeah, he lost. We knew about it, but it, it did make you go, hey, look at that. He got a payday. <laughs> he got a good so payday. So, to me, like, if, if Canelo can't get, can't get Caleb Plant into the mm-hmm. ring... Canelo, Which we haven't I, heard much, but yeah. We haven't heard much. Gabe Rosado makes, more, makes sense to me, and I would take it. I would take it for too. two reasons. Gabe Rosado deserves a payday. Yep. And it'd be an entertaining fight because Gabe has shown that he doesn't quit. No. There's no quit in this kid. Nope. You you have to stop him from that. You have to stop him from his own fucking uh, from his yep. own from himself. So that's that's what I got from yeah, that. I agree. So yeah, Mungia seems right. And going into it, Jaime Mungia. Oh man. So we decided we were gonna go. Fourth round knockout. We both yep. agreed this was going to be a fourth round demolition. Not demolition. Fourth round knockout or stoppage for Jaime Mugia, the former WBO Super Walterweight champ. Mm-hmm. He was going against Semiretti, who was coming off a loss against Triple G. Yep. And a seventh round knockout. Yeah. Yep. B-Ray, going into the fight, did you still believe that was going to be the case? Or were you changing your mind going into it as the zone was hyping up Semiretti and all that stuff? And, you know, I was, was not changing my mind at all. I was still pretty confident of my prediction. But things, of course, weren't looking that way as the rounds was going by. You kind of knew this was going to, like, drag a little bit more. <laughs> yeah. You kind of knew that. And we saw we, we saw something, very interesting spots in that fight. Because you and I kept agreeing that... Uh, what was that guy's name again? Zamorita, uh, Zamorita, something like that. The way the way he punched, um, it just they look like I don't know. I forget what we the word we kept saying. They weren't thudding. They weren't moving. No, they weren't really moving. It wasn't affecting Mungia very much. 
But when Mongia would, he didn't even have to land. When he land punches, when he did not, you heard those thuds. And, and he boom. backed them and he moved them. He did back them up. Mm-hmm. Especially those, I forgot what round when he jabbed him in the body. Oof, he really moved them. And this is what, his third fight under the tutelage of Eric Morales? Yes, I believe third fight. Third fight with Eric Morales. Yes. Um, and then middleweight. Uh, right. And middleweight. Yeah, middleweight. Third fight in middleweight with Eric, the, the great Mexican fighter, Eric yeah. Morales, former four-division world champ. Eric Morales, if you guys didn't know. Um, I agree with you. I felt uh, that we both agreed that Zemmereta's shots were not as impactful to Munguia, and Munguia mm-hmm. was able to absorb them. Mugia did take a little bit more punches. He did in this fight. Um, I didn't. It. I didn't see any head movement. There were mo- there, there were moments. Go. There were moments. He was trying to do the Canelo, right. you know, <laughs> the head movement and defense. I think he said there. Was well, there's no defense. They, I think they're saying that uh, Mugia's defense is his offense. There we go. Which is great. I'm hearing that. Which is great. If you're a fuck and if you if you had atomic bombs on each hand, <laughs> then yeah, you don't really have to rely on defense because yeah. the power is gonna get you through it. Yep. Um, I think after round two, I kind of felt this fight was in a drag. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think I agree on that too. He wasn't really laying the body shots. No, which he should have. In my opinion. Maybe he would have got the knockout a little bit early. Mm-hmm. Maybe because I'm uh, a body shot guy, I love body shots. But yeah, he should have. I think if you have a guy that's willing to go toe to toe with you and fight you in the inside, and you, you know you seem to like that as well, I would be digging hooks inside. I'd stab him with hooks in right? inside. Right? You'd be like, "All right, you want to do this? All right, let's see how much I'd, you like this." Right? I'd stick him. I'd fucking, yeah. I'd stick him. Like, <laughs> like I like how Javante Tank Davis is a cornerman. Told him, stick him like you in the pen. You gotta stick him. <laughs> like, like I like that. Like, and it's true when I, when I'm in the boxing bag and I'm in the bag mm-hmm. and I'm in, I'm fighting the inside. I'm, I always think of Gervonta uh, Tank Davis, his trainer, going, you got to stick him. So I'm always digging the left hook, almost like it's a, it's a knife and you're just shanking someone in prison mm-hmm. for a piece of porn bread. Like, stuff like that. <laughs> hey, well, I'm saying I like cornbread. Shit. <laughs> you stick him. You got to stick him. Um, that, that was a, that's kind of what I thought he should have done. He was doing it later. He was, peer, he was doing the spear jab, which he was jabbing right into the solar plexus. He was doing good. Um, the punches were flowing a little bit more natural. It wasn't like he was forcing the punches as he was in the last fight. Um, got us basically end of the fifth, going into the sixth. Zemmerda's corner. Oh, was it no. the sixth? After the sixth, I believe. Yeah. No, is it the sixth? I believe after the, check it out. Yeah, if I remember, it was after the sixth round. So it says we're right here. Halted after round six. There we so, go. Yeah, going, yeah. So after oh, round okay. six. Yeah, By yeah. the way, it was good. It was too. It was really good too to watch that fight. It was pretty good. So now watching Mungia and now watching Triple G both face a common opponent. Who was more impressive to you? Hmm. Good fucking question. Who looked more impressive? I guess I'll probably give it a little bit to Triple G. At age 40-something. Uh, yeah, 38. 38. 39, something like that. I'm sorry. Okay. I don't know how much he holds these, but I know he's close to 40. So, I, I don't know. Yeah, if I, if I remember, I'll give the little bit of edge of Triple G. I don't think Triple G took them any punches. Not that I remember. I don't, I don't even think he... I don't even think Zemmerer touched them as much as he touched Mungia. No. Um, the telling of this fight. Mungia ready for any of the top... Uh, champions? Is he ready for Charlo? Is he, is he ready for Triple G? Is he ready for uh, um, uh, Bubo Andrade? Or do you st- like how like how long are we still gonna allow Mungia to keep doing these fights? To me, I feel like or Ryota Toyota. Like, Ryota is he Toyota. ready for those guys? Is he ready for those guys? <laughs> he, you know what? Maybe for like maybe for a guy like Toyota, maybe. Um, 
Him, I think, but mostly the one I feel like test him out is Triple G because he is sort of kind of declining. But, I mean, we just, you just said he looked better against Zamoretta. But again, I know people say Styles make fights now with both of them in the ring. Both of them guys, Mungia, I feel like might have a chance of taking the win. I got to disagree with you. I think Triple G... Triple D knows how to take punches out. No, I, I that's right. That's like very you, you true. You can be very close to him, like, yeah. and he makes you miss. No, I totally, I know you're, you're right, but his chances is better now than it was what 2018 when he was supposed to fight him apparently when he agreed to it. Yeah, remember that? That's what I think. I think that's what I'm trying to say. Now he, it's his chances looks a little better, and he's fighting less now, so it makes sense. So that's why I say give him the Triple G. See what it is. Now, guys, like the other fighters you mentioned, maybe like Charlo, I don't know. We'll get to that. I know that's a very good conversation. I don't know, but something about Triple G makes me feel comfortable and going, test that out. Because he's, again, he's sort of declining. He's young. Mugia's young. Triple G, he's, you know, he's, he's getting that place where, you know, he looks pretty old. He's still good, but he's not the same anymore. I would think it will give the promoters, even his team, a little more confidence. Be like, yeah, why not Triple G next? Okay. Why not him? I, I don't I don't agree. I think yeah. I, I I don't agree because I think Triple G's still good and yeah. go, I'm basing it on Triple G's last performance. Performance. Which uh-huh. is the common opponent we're just speaking about right yeah. now, which is Samaretta. Triple G did better. Yes. He landed the better punches, he took off punches. Um yes, he's declining. We're we're watching a decline of a great middleweight champ, Triple G. He's inactive. For a guy like him, he needs to be active. Mm-hmm. But with, with more activity means more injuries, which means probably that's why he's not fighting. I'm not too sure. All right. Okay. Then I guess go with somebody who would be a little more safer then, other than getting your ass beat by Triple G. Then who's safer? Nobody's safer in the middleweight division. How about this one? I feel it's safer. You won't get your ass beat, Polly embarrassed. Boo-boo. <laughs> Demetrius Andre. You, you want to go against Demetrius Andre? Why not? Demetrius Andre can bo- he'll box the shit out of him. Why not? That, if Demetrius Andre fights Mungia, it'll be a Triple G Trinidad type situation. It'll be a what? A Trinidad versus Hopkins. A, I'm sorry. Hopkins. Okay, I was like, Hopkins. That was, that was a good fight, by the way. Um, he'll fucking execute him. Twelve rounds. Who would execute who? Hopkins executed fucking Trinidad. Okay, and who executed and the Andre? Fuck. Really? And that's interesting. I mean, what the fuck. Oh, it's a feather. It's a feather. <laughs> Some feather flew into the room here. Look, look. Mungia. I don't know, man. Mungia lacks defense. Andre's performance made me go, Mungia probably has a chance. Yeah, because you're fighting that guy. Like, <laughs> you're going to have to showcase against this guy. This is the showcase fight. This is the fight you show off to everybody why you're the most avoided champ. Most avoided champ. Proclaiming. Why you proclaim yourself the most avoided mm-hmm. man 160 and 168. Then you beat the shit out of this kid. Look, win, win now. Look good in the next fight. Uh-huh. So he won the last fight. He'll beat the shit out of Mungia in the next, and look good <laughs> and look great in the next fight. That's that's how you do it. Okay, I'm gonna get through this defense. I'll I'm gonna fuck how ugly it looked. If I get the Mungia fight, I'm gonna beat the you shit out what? of this kid, and I'm gonna look great. You know what? Again, talking speaking as a boxing fan, <laughs> I will still love to see that fucking fight. Still love to see that. Right. Let's see if Andrade. Can I box Mongia and let's see if it's one of those what what what's the style what the the you know not great but a good you know boxer versus puncher basically a good uh, offender against a good defender you know 
So you got a defender against an offenser. Basically. Yeah. Can Boo Boo really, you know, dodge all those, you know, big punches for Mungia? Because he packs punch. That, that's the thing about Mungia. He has yeah. a packs punch. You that was me? something I was like discussing with my coworker. And he's yeah. like, I don't think Mungia packs punch. He's a volume puncher. No, the kid packs a punch. Yes. This past Saturday proved he was able to chop this exactly. fucker down. So he I was feel chopping like, him. He was exactly. beating him. You get, mm-hmm. Every punch was moving this guy. Yeah. Every punch was keeping this guy like, okay, let me take a step back because I don't want to be eating these shots. Exactly. The guy never adjusted his game plan, so it was tailor-made for Mungia to fucking go in there. But Mungia yes. also showed that he has no head movement. He doesn't <laughs> slip anything. Uh-huh. I get it. He's got a new trainer, but you're three fights in. You you, you still look the same in the last yep, three exactly. fucking fights. I There's agree. nothing different. I agree. Nothing is I different agree. from you. So with with Andrade, I still I'm so curious to be like, can well can Mugia overwhelmed Boo Boo or will Boo Boo you know outbox Mugia? I think Andre pieces him up, but uh, we'll, we'll I mean, you know. I have another option. We'll talk about it. We'll talk about it. I yeah, got, I have oh, another yeah. option. We'll talk about it. Of course. Oh yes. All right, let's get to the next one. Yep. So we, after this fight, we tuned in to Showtime mm-hmm. for the WBC Middleweight Championship of the World. As you know, I don't want to fuck up the name, <laughs> Marita. No, 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 I was confused. Jermall, because I was like, Jermall, see, I look and I looked. Jermall Charlo retained his WBC middleweight champion against Montiel. Montiel. Juan Macias Montiel. Merc boy. I predicted a second round knockout. <laughs> you predicted a fourth Four, round knockout. Fourth round knockout. And our good friend Gabriel predicted a first round knockout. Yep. I, I had bet money on this fight. Yeah, yeah, you did. And I bet, I bet, I, gentleman's bet with Gabriel. Yep. I told Gabriel today when I saw him, shout out to him, that I was shitting bricks in the first round. And B-Ray saw how much I was shitting the bricks in that fight. There were times when we were like, dude, just get him in the ropes. I kept saying, Charlo, get him in the ropes. You shut the fuck up. <laughs> I was telling you to shut the fuck up. Like, don't, don't coach. It's like, it's like if Charlo can hear you. Don't coach him. Don't coach him. I was just making the truth. I go, you got him in the corner. You could have ended it right there. I go. And then uh, Gabriel said in the second round, he was shitting it. Yeah, yeah. I bet he was. Um, Bira, your assessment of his performance. He went 12 oh rounds my God. against this kid. I, you know, I, I, I don't want to sound like those assholes who always, you always be like, well, you know, I, you, you could have knocked him out. You know, I've, I, I, you know, I could have knocked about if I was you. Like, <laughs> I'd be like, oh, I never thought of that. You get me? Like, I don't want to be that asshole, but it was, it, it kind of gave me those kind of vibes where I go, I felt like Charles should have put him away. There were moments he could have. There him. were moments where he could have. A lot of, there were like a handful of moments. Very like, handful of moments. I, I agree. He smothered his own punches. And I think that's what Paulie tired him. I forgot which round where you clearly saw, okay, he's getting tired. And he blew, he blew his load trying to knock this guy out. Basically. And then his opponent took advantage of that. Well, his opponent was fighting Southpaw, regular style, right? Wide, wide stance. Like, this guy, I don't even think he knew what he was. He was. No, I don't think he knew. <laughs> he knew he was a fighter, but exactly. he didn't know what type of fighter than that. And he looked tired, too. But I, I forgot. I think Abdul Mars kept saying it looked like he had a great, you know, fight fight camp. Like, he had a good camp. He probably, he probably he trained this fight very well then. But... Very good, by the way. I mean, not only were we were shooting bricks, but we were in the, on the edge of our seat. This fight was pretty entertaining. This it, was real good. It became entertaining when Montiel started landing the shots. And you could tell that those shots were just... 
were taking its toll on Charlotte. It was. And there were moments where you thought, oh, shit, he might put him down. He might. This reminded me of uh, of Cotto, Cotto Margarito, where Cotto's landing the cleaner shots, Cotto's eating him, and then later in the round, he starts coming on, those body shots, those uppercuts, they're starting to land. The only difference here is Montiel didn't have enough steam to put yeah. away, to, or didn't have enough steam and didn't have enough boxing IQ to put away this kid. Yeah, yeah. Charlo was Charlo was right for the picking. Really that was. night. Like, if Montiel had the the boxing IQ, he could have put away this kid. He, he, yeah. You know, he and I don't think he realized. I think, I bet you now he replays the fight going, shit. Shit, I should have done that. I should have done this. At the moment, I don't think he realized what he had in front of him. He had a hurt fight. He had a, a exhausted hurt fighter. Yeah. And he couldn't put him away. Charlo... You're right. Punched himself out. He did, and I think he won the majority of of, of the rounds. I gave. I think I gave Montel the eleven, maybe. Maybe right. At least he. I think my overall Montel probably won at least maybe what two. I think. If you want to be fair, yeah. Right, but at the same time, it was it was a I don't know what I call it, a bra. This was very fucking good. It was a drag out fight. It really I think, was. I think after round six, it became drag. It started dragging yeah. itself into like who has the better nutrition, right? Like, you probably thought it was a close fight. No, Charlo won the majority, but still, like... I think if you don't know about boxing, right? you're, you're looking at this fight like, oh, it's a close fight. It's a close fight, exactly. <laughs> and I think the commenters mentioned something like that. I like how they acknowledge that, because it was true what we were seeing. It was not really a close fight, but Montiel really came to fight and win. But yes, uh, again, I don't want to sound like, you know, again, who should have knocked him out? But yeah, I, I just want to mention there were moments where I felt like, ah, man, I thought he was going to put him well, away. We're to find out Charlo broke, um, damaged his right hand. Yes, I heard Do you him. think that took a lot, in that you take into consideration that now that it went 12 rounds? That he barely messed up his hand, was not landing in it as, as helps. much? Yeah, it does help a bit explain, yeah. Um, if that was the case, you know. My take on this is, you're right, I think we all predicted knockout. We all kind of looked at Montiel, and we looked at his performance against Munguia. We looked at his uh, couple of lockout. He's been knocked out. Um, Styles make fights. This guy was tailor-made for Charlo to go in there and piece him up. Yeah. Um, To me, Charlo fell into... I, I feel when Charlo goes in for a knockout, he looks like shit. Really? <laughs> remember the pro the poro poro girl fight? I think I remember. That fight, that guy took the fight short notice, right? I believe so. Because he was supposed to fight Willie Monroe, who tested positive for bear tranquilizing. <laughs> um, get me started. <laughs> he went in there with the mindset, "I'm gonna go knock this guy out." And Ronnie Shields, excellent trainer, mm-hmm. kept trying to settle him down, going, "Stop looking for the knockout. Set up the punches. Stop winging him." I think going into this fight. You're fighting in your hometown in Houston, Toyota Center. You have a guy who pretty much everyone thinks you should be knocking out in the first round or mm-hmm. second round or fourth round. <laughs> yeah. I think he walked in there already trying to knock this guy out. That and makes, I feel yeah. when Charlo tries to knock someone out, he gets into this type of... He got, in, he got himself in this situation. He just smothers himself. In I think if he would have boxed him... And just sniped them, and then you know worked for the knockout instead of forcing the knockout. We would have saw the knockout. Yeah, I think he was gunning for the knockout for too much for twelve rounds, and that's what happened to Charlo. He was looking for the knockout against the guy that he felt, many felt, was not was um, was beatable by knockout. 
Mm-hmm. I bet you, if we put the poll out, I'll bet you a lot of the boxing fans thought this fight was going to end by knockout. I don't, I don't know anybody that's going to tell me right now that they predicted a decision. No mm-hmm. one predicted a decision. Nobody. I didn't predict it. And that's after me watching Charlo's last three fights. That's after me watching Montiel's last three fights. Yep. And then watching one of his devastating fights against Mugia. Going second. That's why I went second round. Right. <laughs> I went second round. Knockout. I didn't predict the f- decision. Um, You're right. I'm not going to sit here and say I would have knocked him out. Right. Should have knocked him out. No, no. Charlo. <laughs> Should have went for the knockout. <laughs> no, I, I think. Mm-hmm. I think when you, you're, you have a hurt guy, you jumped on him. I just didn't like. It's he's just a bull in a china shop. Like he saw red, he's gonna go after it. When he hurt Montiel, he smothered his own punches. Mm-hmm. The the guy was leaning on the ropes. He was never digging to the body. I kept yelling when he hurt him. I remember him, you kept saying throw that. Throw a yes. fucking punch to the body. Like get this guy to your get this guy to a to a to a level where you could torque that punch and then that punch is it even be more devastating than the punch you hurt him with. Mm-hmm. He never did it. I think when he hurt him, he saw red and was trying to jump he, on yeah, him. Yeah, trying to bulldoze him, yep. Instead of being the smart puncher that he is, I mean, he knocked out Julian J-Rock Williams. Yeah. He didn't even intend to knock him out. It was more like, boom, boom, yep. catch and shoot. When he doesn't look for the knockout, he looks spectacular, boom. But when he goes in to try to knock someone out, he looks like shit. Like the Montiel fight, he wasn't, he was boxing him, he was being aggressive. Not Montiel, the Centennial fight, Yeah. he was boxing him. He rushed him. Centennial got a little bit aggressive on him. He fucking saw the opportunity for the counter. Mm-hmm. Left hook, right hand, decapitated his ass. He wasn't looking for that knockout. No, he he worked and got the knockout. Here he was forcing the knockout, and that's yeah. what you got the twelve rounds for. And he exhausted himself. And he now now you instead of people cheering you and labeling you maybe as a threat for Canelo Alvarez or anybody in the middleweight, now you got people questioning whether you're that good now. Yeah, I'm. Pre- I'm pre- yes, I did. Read he the did comments. more harm to himself. Doing that, fighting this fight. Mm-hmm. I hope he goes back and adjusts himself. Sits down and watches this fight going, fuck. Both guys are going back going, fuck. I'm sure they are. Both guys are going back going, fuck. You know what? Shit. I shouldn't. Yeah. One guy's going, I shouldn't I shouldn't have forced the knockout. And the other going, going shit, I got this guy hurt. And I, got, and I, and I should have done this. I should have done that. Yep. That's my take on that fight. One guy was forcing it. And the other guy came to fight. The other guy came to fight. He really came to fight. He took this opportunity like it was. An opportunity to upset the I, champ. I mean, fuck. I, I mean, I know Charlo. I saw the uh, pictures of the press conference. Yeah, Charlo looked banged up, but uh, Montiel, they look like he got into a fucking. Fight. Oh, Montiel looks like he got into a fight. He got into yeah. a fucking fight, man. Montiel looked like he fell down a tree and hit every branch on the way down. <laughs> That's how he looked, like, bro. And I, I did expect because remember after the eleventh round, the, his corner man was telling him, "Hey, you're not gonna win by decision. You're not gonna win by decision. You gotta knock him out." So I really thought he was gonna. Really go but balls both guys deep. were exhausted, but they were exhausted. So you know, I, I you're right. I should I should expect that. So after the first minute, I go, yeah, he's not gonna go balls deep. Then it's just he's exhausted. He's not gonna go balls Mahoney. Ball, no, he's not. <laughs> he's not gonna go balls Mahoney. Charlo boxed the last four rounds perfectly. Mm-hmm. Um, I tried to avoid uh, exchanges as much as he can. If he saw an opening, he took it. Mm-hmm. Um, Charlo was Charlo was a better puncher because he, he hurt Mont he hurt Monty on numerous times. Yeah. Monty I think he, he hurt him, but it was more to those body shots. Body shots. Because fucking Charlo decided to sit in there with this guy going, Oh, you let me go in there, try to see if yeah. I can catch, <laughs> see if I can catch the guy in the inside. Like, well this guy this guy's sticking you. Yeah. He's sticking you pretty good, bro. He's sticking you pretty good. Um, Montiel, where does he go from here? Oh man. He went twelve uh, rounds with the WBC champ. Rumor is that uh he's thinking about challenging Andre. Really? 
He wants he wants another crack at a chance. Well, let me go get Andre then. Well, they can do that, and we all know everyone's gonna promote it as like, well, let's see how he's gonna look compared to Charlo. Boo boo. Does Monty even deserve a shot? After that, if if you know again, if they're gonna go on based on performance, you know how spectacular, how entertaining he gave us, then yeah. But if it's just because you know he lost, guess not. And but you know them. They, 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 I feel like they give title shots to whoever they feel like makes sense. Sometimes they don't follow their own rules or their rankings. What, what about for Charlo? I mean, this really, this fight really doesn't pay him in a in a good light. Yeah, he got the W. He got the win. But like you said, everyone's walking in. They're going, "You should have knocked this guy. I would have knocked this guy out. I would have knocked this guy out." Um, yeah. You're what 30, 31, 31 yeah, huh? years old. You, you, you know, everyone's kind of looking at it as like. He said that, you know, it's the middleweight, you know, the middleweight division is his division. So, clearly, he said he's not moving to the 168 yet. He wants to unify them. And... He called that Triple G. Called that Triple G. Clearly, he's not going to Canelo fight, for sure, after this performance. I don't... No. For sure, not a Canelo. But he called that Triple G. That's another fight I would love to see. But the one fight we were, I was telling you that it might happen. We both looked at each other and I said, after watching this fight and after watching the last fight, this is the fight that should be made. And it's and, and I think it'd be entertaining for everybody, which is... Jaime Munguia. We made that joke. Like, if I if we were like, if I'm in, if I'm his team, right? If I'm in his team... You mean Munguia's team? Munguia's team, I'm sorry. If I'm in Munguia's team, I'm watching this fight. Yeah, I'll be telling Munguia, we should, this should be the next fight. This should be the next fight. Yeah. Because, uh, like I told you, based on what I'm seeing right now, I go, with Charlo's performance, Mongia's a little favorite. A bit of a favorite. Just a little tiny bit. For the, for, and I, don't think he's a, I don't think he's a favorite. I think Like I said, not heavy, but just slightly. I don't even think slightly. I think if you're going to base both performances, mm-hmm. yeah. You know, like, oh, well, you know, Charlo didn't really look good. Yeah. Mongia looked good. But if you base it on resume alone and skills, Charlo pieces this guy up, too. Mm-hmm. Um. Look at Charlo versus uh, Derevchenko. Box the shit out of for twelve rounds. Mm-hmm. You know, was he dominated? Something that Dick, Jed, Danny Jacobs couldn't do, mm-hmm. and something Triple G couldn't Triple do. Triple G couldn't do. When Charlo is focused and goes on the game plan that is built for him, mm-hmm. he looks spectacular. But when he tries to bum rush and try to lions only, you know, <laughs> tries to knock someone out, he looks like this. Yeah. <laughs> I don't expect the Charlo that fought Montiel to walk into. Uh, fucking Houston, Texas, or or uh, Dallas, Texas, and fight a guy like Mungia and decide to go. I'm gonna go fucking. I'm gonna go here and try to knock this guy out. No, mm-hmm. he's gonna box and snipe him and piece yeah. this motherfucker out. Nah, I and if agree. he and if he can and if he can get the mm-hmm. knockout, he'll get. It. And if he can't, I'll just piece you yeah. up for twelve fucking rounds. No, I totally agree. But we've seen it before, where some teams will just base they see a performance and be like, Nah, he's he's good. He's good to fight. Yeah, you got him. And I like to think his team was probably saying that right now. Or maybe they're smart. Maybe they're probably thinking like you, which is a smart thing to do. Maybe be like, nah, he's if you put if you give if you put him in the ring as Charlo, he he's gonna be he's not gonna be like that. That's not the Charlo. No, a different Charlo will come in. To me, I can't sit here and say that this was a learning curve for Charlo. I think the learning curve was fighting Trout. I think the learning curve was fighting a guy like Gabe Rosado mm-hmm. to see what this guy has. We've already know what Charlo has. Was this a bad night for Charlo? Was this Charlo over hyping himself out for a knockout against a guy that, like I said, 
we all just, we all thought you were not good. Was this just be. that type of night? Was this just a bad night? And boxing critics and boxing fans are just fucking crucifying this kid. Mm-hmm. Well, not kid, this this guy right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah, huh? I mean, it could be both ways. Uh, I, I'm I'm leaning towards with him believing a bit of his own hype that he thought that I I, I I'm gonna get the knockout. Lines I only. Should, lines only. I should get the knockout because it's him. He believes his own hype. going into the fight. You think this humbles him? I, I think that at he, 31, do you need to be humble? Shouldn't you already know what the fuck? No, you're I agree. But I think with this opponent in his hometown, I like to believe I'm leaning towards where like he he felt like no, I I should get the knockout. And on Juneteenth, there we go. And on Juneteenth, so maybe that pressure maybe was on him a little bit. Be like, Pepe, right, come on, you're 31 years old. You're I two agree. Divi- you're a two division world champ. This mm-hmm. kid, Charlo, is not 21. If mm-hmm. he was 21 years old, I'd get it. Guess who believed his own hype until he ran into uh, uh-huh. uh, that um, one guy? Teofimo Lopez. What was the one guy that ran out there fucking Lomachenko's fighting this weekend? I forgot his name. Ta- Takanashi. Takanami, or, something like that. Takanami, what, I forgot his name. Uh-huh. Teofimo Lopez started believing his own hype as a knockout artist until he went 12 rounds yep. with Nakatani. Nakatani, okay. And that's when he decided to be like, mm-mm, mm-mm, I gotta, I gotta be real about myself. I can't knock out everybody out. Yeah. There'll be moments I gotta go, I gotta go twelve hard rounds, and it, and there gonna be moments where I'll probably knock someone out, not because mm-hmm. I'm looking for it. It's just gonna fall into me. Yeah. Charles, thirty fucking one years old, a two time world champ. Mm-hmm. Do you really need? You're telling me you were really that distracted? I think he was. We can we can say about how like he shouldn't, but I think he was. He shouldn't have. But I think he was moving forward. If you see the same fight, you just is he all hype? Because that to me, to that's, me, this past Saturday, Jermel Charlo is the better Charlo. Jermel yeah. Charlo got humbled from that loss to a oh um, to, oh my god, I forgot the guy's name. Yeah, I forgot his name. Yeah, the, the guy that yeah he lost, but which he didn't really lose by decision. But he got humbled because of that. Yeah, he did. Look yep. at his last couple fights now coming back. Yep, he's more dedicated to the craft. Exactly. Does Charlo need to do the same route? And he needs to lose to get again. Get humbled again and not take every fight lightly just because people like us say, you should knock him out in one round. Two rounds. No, four rounds. I totally... This fight should really... This fight should really make him go like, all right, I got to see what the fuck am I doing wrong. I bet this fight also opens up a lot of people to want to fuck him up now. Yeah, they did. And that's where I mentioned the Javier Munguia fight. Because it's going to make, you know, people like them, right? The teams, the trainers kind of go, I think we can take them. They're going to think that way. Chris Eubank might be like, eh. I'm right, like, I might want to take a dip here. Benavides called him out. Yeah, he did. <laughs> Benavides said he'll fuck him up. He said if that was me, if I was Montiel, I would have knocked him out. Yep, he did say Do that. Do you agree with that? Because Mon- the Benavides is a fucking volume puncher, but does back does have pop on him. Yeah, you know what? He might. That's another good fight. He might. I don't want to say yes, but he might. He has a good chance. But I mean, that would mean Charlo have to move to one sixty. To one sixty eight. Exactly. And Charles made it known. I'm staying here. Exactly. Which everyone calls him. Oh, you're a pussy. You don't want to challenge yourself. Because <laughs> right? I want to stay in this division and unify. I'm a pussy. Instead yeah. of going up. Uh, yeah. Apparently that's how they think. Yeah. That's whatever. Mm-hmm. But, uh. Oh, you're a pussy for trying to unify. Go 168. I, to me, it's either Chris Eubank as the next fight. Or Benavidez. So he Charlo moves up? Catch weight. Okay, 164, I'm going to say. 65. Mm-hmm. I say 165. Catch weight. Fuck. I think that's what happens. I think either Chris Eubank, Chris Eubank's the IBO, I think, mm-hmm. middleweight champ, 
I think he fights Chris Eubank. Um, if not, then I think he does do a catchweight with Benavides. Benavides fights in a couple months. Yeah, he does. Benavides for sure is going to call this guy out. Uh, yep, yes he is. So <laughs> That might be next. I, I doubt he's going to fight Andre. No, I doubt it. That's another That'd be fight a good, That's have. actually a good fight. It's a good fight. I think people, people that say, oh, you know, he's afraid. Not really, dude. I think uh, I think Charlo's good. Mm-hmm. I think the what's going on is this, all these peop, boxers' egos. They all think they deserve this amount of the exactly. lion's share. Yep. That they should be the A-side. This, it, I think if we get rid of this A-side, B-side bullshit and networks, you know, mm-hmm. hyping up these fighters more than they are, I think you would get more fights more um, done for the fans. Yep. Um, but I, I think the Andre fight is not realistic. Triple G, Triple G is not fighting until December, even though the rumors he's gonna probably fight in the middle before December, before the Ryota Toyota fight. Um, <laughs> if he fights Triple G, he fights him next year. Jaime Mugia, nah. We just said right now, I don't think he's ready. Mm-hmm. And it sucks because you're a former world champ in three fights at middleweight. Sooner or later, you're gonna have to, you know. Yeah, he sooner or later he's gonna have to fight those big fights. Yeah. And I think Mugia fights Rosado. We didn't even talk about Mungia called out Rosado. He says, I want to fight for a championship or I'll, I'll fight Grigay Rosado. Yep. They're not going to give him, they're not going to give him Andre because Andre's the only guy they can give him on his own. The for sure, they're not going to want to work with the PBC. Mm-hmm. So that's done. Triple G's not going to fight him because Triple G's going to unify in December against Toyota. The only logical, logical fight. And again, like I said, can, uh, Gabe Rosado, you can always hype it up by the knockout and say, hey, you know, he just knocked out his last opponent. Mm-hmm. And that'll be it. And that'll be a great test. That'll be a good fight. Yes. So that that's why that's why yeah. I got that's what I got. I would love that. Yeah. Alright, moving on to the last event. <laughs> Let me look it up real quick. Bad, guys. <laughs> I can't wait for that one because you did tell me that to remember what Timothy Bradley said. So Okay. So I remember. The WBA IBF Bannerway champ Anawi I was now I Ayawa, Inoue. Inoya, Inoya, Inoue, Inoue. <laughs> uh, so it's N A O Y A. Nah. Fuck, I don't know. <laughs> Nayawa, whatever. Inoue, whatever. He won. Third round knockout. Third Stop round. It. Body shot. Again, Dan San Marino. Yeah, we were off three rounds. <laughs> we were off by three fucking rounds. <laughs> um. I was hoping he'll pull through and we say, "Ah, we got it." You know, but no. Hey, we were off on everything here. <laughs> The Asian sensation of top ranks. We're right. We're right on the KOs. That's pretty much we it. All, we, we, were, we, we all. We were two out of the three. We were. Yeah. We, <laughs> you're right. No. We all. We said he was gonna stop him, and he did stop Zemmerer. So we were right. Right. Stop it. We were off on the Charlo fight. We were right on the on how the fight was gonna end. We were right on how the two out of the three fights were gonna end. Yeah. It's just the, the rounds were not bad. Not bad. Not bad. Yeah. Not bad. So you know he wins by third round knockout, stoppage, body shot. The monster. And monster. <laughs> The monster is what they kept repeating. They even made like a trailer. Like, oh, he's they a did. monster. It was, it was like watching a fucking horror film trailer. You know? Don't get me wrong. The kid is good, but I, you know what I get impressions of when I hear ESPN hyping him up? What is it? I think I know. What? This reminds me when HBO was jumping on the dick of Roman Chocolatito Gonzalez. Oh, he's pound for pound. He's Chocolatito. Chocolatito this. Chocolatito that. He's pound for pound the best fighter in the world. Chocolatito. Chocolatito this. Chocolatito that. Oh, shit. <laughs> I, oh, my God. I, I like Chocolatito, but I got, yeah. to, I got to the point where I hated that motherfucker because so much hype for this kid. I mean, they were on his Nakatamal, man. For real. They were Seriously, just... they were on his Nakatamal. <laughs> he knew he's on the same fucking boat. 
Oh, the monster. He's the monster. He's the... Oh, they the, named him the, number one, right? The pound for pound is Chocolatito. I wanted to mention that. They they put him in number one. Especially on the fight game. Remember that? <laughs> Jim Plan, please. I don't know, best. I think he had his own pound for pound list. Something like that. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what it is about networks hyping up the lower weight class guys like who are knockout sensations. It's almost like they're looking for the next Manny Pacquiao. Because that's what happened to Pacquiao, remember? Pacquiao at 122 was fucking guys up. Yeah. And then gradually moving up and knocking fuckers out. Gradually moving up, knocking fuckers out. Chocolatito was that guy fighting from, what, 112, then 118. And, and I forgot what... No, he was fighting lower than that and then moved up and moved up. And he was like, Chocolatito, oh my God, chocolate. Until we started noticing that he's good, but I mean, he's beatable. And then when they notice he's beatable... Well, it's the age catching up to him. <laughs> was he really that good? Or was he just in a division that wasn't that talented at the time? He's not really that old. He's like, what, 33, 34? Yeah, but remember how they were dumping on him after that? Yeah, they were, actually. He knew he was in the same situation. They did it with fucking uh, Nonito Donaire when they were on his dick. HBO was a little bit on his dick. I noticed that they loved, um, I noticed, I don't know if you catch this, um, they loved to showcase him, his fights. They always schedule his fight one week after Manny Pacquiao. Yeah, they're both Filipinos, that made sense. Yep. You got the American Filipino and you got the regular Filipino. Right. Yeah, They'll yeah. show the Pacquiao replay of his fight and then the main event. Yeah, the main, that was there. a great promotion, yeah. Yep. I remember they'll do that. And you was in the same situation here. They're hyping this guy up so much. The kid's good. Don't get me wrong. He is. And I remember, yeah, we mentioned Kid it. packs yes. a punch. He's good. He beat Donaire. By decision, though. He didn't fucking he didn't kill him. No, I heard it was good. It was a good fight. I didn't it's, watch on the, that. it's on the zone. Mm-hmm. Um... Get the kid is good. Is he pound for? Is he top one, top three pound for pound? People no. have him top three. Yeah, people have him. Pound three, I got him in. The, I got him in number eight. He's good. Makes sense. No, yeah. I think overall pound for pound. Yeah, okay. I'll give him that. Like, like the, in the list, but uh. Again, pound for pound. Number eight. That's, that's to a good me. Decent. Pound for pound isn't how many fucking belts you got on you. Mm-hmm. Pound for pound isn't how many muscles you got on you. Pound for pound is if there was no weight classes and everyone weighed the same. Who, how would they would fare? Right, so you, You're tongue- telling me that Inoue would fuck up Canelo, would fuck up Spence, would fuck up Crawford, would Spence. fuck everyone up in the top the top nine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what you're telling me. That's basically what they're saying. That's what it is. The top, the Pamphamola, that's how it is, yeah. I doubt that. I doubt that. And we mentioned also, and again, I don't I, I don't want to discredit the fighters in the, in the right, bantamweight dude. division. Same here. But, um... We, we mentioned this. I was like, I remember I asked you, is it me or is it just that there there isn't that much of a great competitors, fighters in that division? I'm looking at the division right now. Okay, look it up, you know. I could be wrong. And if it is a good division, then maybe he does deserve some, you know, promotion the way they are, right? But I'm looking at it. And again, I, I don't I don't know much of that the division. So again, I'm not going to be selling like an asshole. Right, and just literally talking as if like, oh, I know for a fact that division suck ass. I don't know for a fact. I'm just telling you again in my perspective and as a boxing fan that in that weight division, it doesn't seem like there is that much of a great fighters. So at number one, you got a new one. At number two, you got Guillermo Rigondeau. Number three, Nonito Donaire. Number four, John Riar Casimiro. Uh, number five, Nordine. Ubala Lee. Mm-hmm. Number six, Zolani Tete. Seven, Jason Malone, Mal- Maloney. Eight, Maloney. Charles Edwards. Number nine, Emmanuel Rodriguez. Number 10, Mike Palinia. Some of these guys already have losses. Some of these guys have wins. 
Um, I don't, and th- this is when you, this is when you know when the, the division is not as loaded as you think, and you're already hyping this guy as the mm-hmm. best. How? Uh-huh. When the only guy that they kept mentioning that night was Donito Donaire. True. They're sort of building the, uh, 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 a rematch. Rematch, yeah. Mm-hmm. Get Guillermo Rigondeau right now, who's going to be fighting John Ryo Casamarino. Didn't I hear he he backed out? I could be wrong. I got to look it up. Okay. But as far as I know, it's on the, on the docket for August 14th. Then I heard he backed out for some reason, and Donaire is taking over. I could be wrong. Okay. Yeah, that makes more sense. You know, I did see that thing. Yeah, so probably, I saw something like that. Probably. But, I mean... And, of course, I guess it's sounding like a casual... Only three names are only recognized. For casual fans, you're only looking at any three. three that was no the, disrespect the top, to the, the rest. top three, right? I'm looking right there. Yeah. The top Those three guys. Names, yeah. So, um, I, I again, I, I don't want to, I, I don't know if we can say that, but that division, I don't know much of that division. I don't know if there is that many, if there are, it is stacked, but like you said. I think we have to wait. Did ESPN kind of like expose it? <laughs> I think you got to wait for this guy's career to keep moving forward to see where he's at. True. Not, I think we can't jump right away and go and label somebody pound for pound. That's You know what? That's also good to say. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like maybe there's a list of prospects to be pound for pound in the near mm-hmm. in the next year or two. Yeah. Like, this guy, he's good. Won the, the Ollie trophy yeah. thingy. Okay, cool. But you're not late. You know, not right away. Pound for pound. Number one. He's number one. Like, come on. On the... And when you got other guys, yep. you know, that are like pretty better than him and accomplished more. And I know this contradictory because it's not about resumes, but skill wise, you've seen them fight the best. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, one after the other, especially on my list, you've seen these guys fight the very best fighters in their division. Mm-hmm. At best, there's even still competition for these guys in each respective division of theirs. Yeah. This guy has with no narrow no rematch. And Rigondeau. The rest of the guys I'm not disrespecting, but yeah, when no mean to when you're on the you when you're considered the pound for pound best, and your your competition is only being named one guy, you're not going to go. It's a loaded division for him, you know. He still got a lot of room to unify. It's like, well, no need to don't air. <laughs> and then you're okay with him just staying in one division, while we were just talking about how people were calling Charlo pussy for not wanting to move to 168. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Wait, I know he's a hundred a unified champ. Yep. Okay, you just said Guillermo Rigano backed out. We don't know why. Donaire's gonna fight another guy, so you're pretty much shut out. What are you gonna do then? Are you gonna just wait, or are you gonna move up to 122? He's 118, so 122 pounds. Mm-hmm. Where it's a little bit more loaded for you there. I'm pretty sure. Yes. I don't know. I forgot, I forgot what weight class Chocolatito's in. Chocolatito on the weight division below, which is 115 pounds. 115 pounds. Okay. Because I forgot the opponent, he his last opponent. I mean, he's, he is pretty good. You know, unless you go up to, like I said, 122, Ray Vargas, mm-hmm. uh, Daniel, Roman, Daniel Roman, Brandon Figueroa, Gavin McDonald, Stephen Fulton. You know, you got a good amount of guys, mm-hmm. you know, moving up in weight. Sounding like a casual, I recognize some of those. And they feel, I don't want to say stacked, but they're pretty good fighters. I, I, I don't know. Like I guess I'm not gonna shit in New He's a good fighter. No, I, again, I'm, yeah, we don't mean to not, sound like it. But I'm not gonna be quick to call him the pound for pound best yeah. fighter in the world, like some people and some commentators mm-hmm. do. And you're gonna say, remind you what Bradley said. What did fucking Timothy Bradley say? I was a little bit drunk that Saturday night. It had nothing to do with 
Yeah, no, but much of anyway, right? Um, I mean, he he was naming the path from Poundless. I believe I could be wrong. Three out of the five were top from top rank. I believe. No, really? Yes. <laughs> I think anyway was probably number two. I believe, but number one he had, of course, no shock, Terrence Bud Crawford, and <laughs> I rolled my eyes. And what made me laugh, and of course upset you, and that's when he told me, I'm pretty drunk. He goes, remember this shit? Okay, yeah, I don't remember. His ex- explanation that the reason he has, because not only because he's he's great, right, but he's the most vo- avoided fighter in boxing right now. Nobody wants to get in the ring with him. That's right. That's why That's why the, that's why why the. they're looking at 140-pound yeah. guys like <laughs> Prograde, Cepeda, and uh, Ramirez. And Ramirez. There's a lot of guys 140 that are willing to fight him. (laughs) Nobody. Not even Sean. I can't sell Sean. I'm pretty sure if you ask him that, nah, he prides himself out. Sean prides himself out. You know what? The thing is, I I do remember saying, well, you should take Timothy Bradley's uh, word because he fought the very best. He fought rematches. (laughs) I think someone put, he fought the murderer's row at welterweight. Let me pull up his resume right now. I'm sorry, I, I gotta get. And I one. think we did this uh, uh, just a few episodes ago, where you did look at his last what five, ten uh, fights of Timothy Bradley. And I remember we were just like, I, I mean, I don't, I don't know if you want to say we were shitting on his career. I'm not shitting his career, but you know, I, I can't, but... I can't take someone as serious like that. Yeah. All right, cool. So I'm gonna go all the way to 2011. Now I'm in 2009. Lamont Peterson, Luis Carlos Abregu, Devin Alexander, Joel Casamayor. He was already way above a weight class and not the same guy. Um, Manny Pacquiao, mm-hmm. Ruslan Promachnikov, Juan Manuel Marquez, Manny Pacquiao, Diego Chavez, Jesse Vargas, Brandon Rios, Manny Pacquiao. Mm-hmm. That is the murderer's row at the welterweight division. <laughs> Even though at that time, so when he fought Lamont Peterson, you had guys like Amir Khan wanting to negotiate a 50-50 deal. Yep. He decided to sign with Bob Arum's top rank and fight Manny Pacquiao instead. Yep. When he was at welterweight, you got a guy like Floyd Mayweather, Berto, Thurman, Guerrero. You instead decided to fight Pacquiao three times. They fight aside Diego Chavez, who was maybe, what, coming off one win after getting knocked up by Thurman. Jesse Vargas, which now everyone kind of looked at it as like, you're fighting Jesse Vargas. And he almost put him away. And then he fought Brandon Rios, who, no disrespect to Brandon Rios, wasn't in the best shape in the world going into that fight. No, he was... Uh, and way above the weight class he was supposed to be fighting. Yeah, I think he was And that was the shit. murderer's row of welterweights he fought. Timothy Bradley could be wrong. He had heart. He had corazón. He had huevos. Mm-hmm. But for him to say he fought the very best, he fought Pacquiao. Which is the only guy that, that defeated That's him. on his resume. It's on his resume. Yeah. That's it. Yeah, that's it. You never really tested yourself outside of the top rank gate out of the top rank house. No. You didn't test yourself with with uh, uh with uh with American when that fight was red hot and everybody wanted to see it. I remember that. I was like, oh, that's a good fight to make, yeah. You didn't test yourself and try to unify any of the titles. You stayed home right there in the Bob Master and the Bob Mansion. And waited for Bob to tell you who to fight, when to fight. Yep. That was it. Yeah, he did. And you're going to sit here knowing full well that the guy you're claiming to be the number one fighter in the world, the most avoided fighter in the world. The most avoided fighter in the world. Only, and the promoter he's being promoted by only wants to play with house money. 
Yep, that's that's exactly what he said. You only want to play with house money. Timothy Bradley at this moment is a commentator. Is just a better. He's a good boxing analyst. He's just Stephen A. Smith. If Stephen A. Smith was a boxing analyst, damn, that's what (laughs) Timothy Bradley is. (laughs) Timothy Bradley is Stephen A. Smith if he knew boxing. That's who he is. Wow. Chris Mannix is a younger version of Skip Bayless. <laughs> That's what I say about Timothy Bradley's comments. Respect him as a fighter, mm-hmm. as a fighter, as a commentator. Don't have too much respect from his opinion. He's a Stephen A. Smith of boxing. Right, damn. That's who he is. Wow. Now I want to end this with a uh, uh-huh. lighter note. Oh, okay. I was about to mention anything about Enoa. What about? Oh, because before before we jump off that, I did want to mention about how, like, what's your feelings about what some of the boxing fans are saying that he should be promoted more. The fuck? Who said that? Um, It's on the comments. Basically, like I said, the boxing fans on the comments. I was reading. No, they're not boxing fans because if you didn't know who he was fighting, then you wouldn't <laughs> be saying Because they're saying that he's that. not being promoted as much as he deserves. Um, They for sure didn't promote him very much because they didn't know he was fighting that night. <laughs> Which that part I for sure disagree. I disagree. I go because I was like I I for sure saw. I again I follow top rank. They are not a boxing man then. Uh, they were promoting the shit out of it, mm. so I knew he was fighting. So, what's your comment? Just does that they were not boxing. They're fans. not boxing fans. I'm sorry. When you say I I, I don't think they're promoting around. I didn't know who he, when he was fighting. Then you're not a boxing fan then. No. <laughs> a real boxing fan. I want to know there was three events happening this past Saturday night. Yep. Three. Three, man, not one. We're actually four, three. but we're going to make fun of that one right now. Yeah, that's right. Is that the lighter news? That's the lighter news. <laughs> Fuck you. I was like, what's the lighter news, Leo? <laughs> Going into the lighter news then. Uh, in Mexico, um, we had a tribute to the heroes, or it was a tribute to the legends yeah. event that was on Fight TV. Um, of course, Julio Cesar Chavez Sr. fought against Hector Camacho Jr. Yep, Macho Camacho. Yep. He brought his son to the corner. You know, legendary boxer, pound for pound best, Canelo Alvarez. That's not his son, huh? No, it's not his son. <laughs> my bad, my bad, my bad, my bad. He brought, his, he brought Canelo to the corner. I was like, Chavez Jr. was in this corner? Yeah. He embraced him as a son, though. <laughs> he really did. He might as well have said, I want you to be my son. I don't know if he saw those Father's Day memes, man. That shit was funny. <laughs> Literally. Um, good. I didn't get to watch that fight. No, no. I didn't get to before these. I didn't get to watch any of these fucking fights. Me but the one fight I want to comment about is not the Ramon Alvarez versus Omar Chavez. That one, you know, Ramon Alvarez won. Congratulations to Alvarez. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, the one I want to comment about is the co-main event of former middleweight champion of the world. Basically, the Mexican Adrian Broner, the fuck up of boxing, Julio Cesar Chavez Jr. Yeah, Junior. Yes. This fight was uh, was slated to happen at 182 pounds, which is a uh, the cruiserweight. That's cruiserweight, yeah. Chavez came over four pounds. Was it four pounds? Two pounds? Uh, I believe two, two pounds. Two point four right? over. Didn't want to shed the weight and instead paid the fine and was fighting former UFC middleweight champion of the world Anderson the Spider Silva, who you're right, he's an MMA fighter. This was a exhibition of six rounds. Yeah, it was an exhibition. No. I believe so. No, no it was a sanction. It was a sanction. Oh, okay. Sanctioned right. six right. round fight or eight round fight. And Chavez lost to Anderson Silva. Wow. Now, I've seen highlights. 
And I'm reading here, it says MMA legend and Silva scored the 8th round split decision over former WBC champion, middleweight champ, Julio Cesar Chavez Jr. on Saturday night at Jalisco Stadium in Guadalajara. Silva simply outworked Jr. all night. Scores were 77-75 for Chavez and the rest were 77-75 for Silva for the last two cards. A judge found rounds to give Chavez. (laughs) I've seen highlights. I'm sorry. Uh-huh. <laughs> You're a former middleweight champion of the world. You were a professional boxer. And it hurts me to say when I say that. Oh, you're a professional boxer. You let an MMA guy come in there and outwork you. Yep. You let a faded MMA fighter, who's a legend, but in all rights, Anderson Silva's a legend, yes, he is. outwork you. You're 34, 35 years old. Silva's 46. You're younger than him. I think 35, yeah. You let Travis. him outwork you. You let him push you around. To me, this is disappointing. I don't... I know I was I was in the bandwagon of like, you know, let's give him a chance. You might... You really were. <laughs> you really were. I don't know how many tries the boxing world did to give him. I think they gave up. I, I think know, they gave up. Ago. And I think... This past Saturday night, I think the Mexican crowd gave up on him. Oh, for sure. Better yet, his father gave up on him. Come Father's Day, the day before Father's Day, your father, with the pride in his eyes, invites the guy who pretty much is taking over the sport of Mexican boxing. Everyone says that was kind of like the moment of passing of the torch. That he gave it to him Mm -hmm. and embraced him as a son. In a way, he did. Chavez Jr. is a career of a guy who really didn't want to be a boxer, but cashed in on the name. Was matched well. Who, when he was with Freddie Roach, showed some promising as a, as a champion. He did. But he never wanted to be a boxer. He's not. He's not a boxer. He's just a guy who just has a good, who has the legendary name. That's all he has. That's all he is. Um... He's had shot after shot to prove us wrong and instead has embarrassed himself, embarrassed the sport of boxing, and embarrassed the name of the Chavez and embarrassed the Chavez name. This past Saturday night was the final coffin in this guy's career. I mean, you were sitting here saying after this win you were gonna challenge Canelo Alvarez. How is this gonna get you a shot against Canelo? Exactly. Um Canelo is the face of Mexican boxing. Many people might not like it, but he is. When we have a when we look at Mexican boxing, we think of Salvador Sanchez, Eric Morales, Juan, uh, Juan Manuel Marquez, Marquez, Marco Antonio Barrera, yep. um, Orlando Salido. Um, there's so many fucking great Mexican fighters. I can't even name them all in this episode. It'll be a mm-hmm. fucking long episode. Chavez may have not may may have never have lived up to his father's name, but he could have been. In the category as a good Mexican fighter, he just could. He could have been a category of his own. Yeah, like as I'm saying, he, there we go. He, yeah. he was never going to reach the plateau no. of his father. Exactly. But he could have been the, like an Orlando Salido type guy. Like you know, when you talk, when you mention Mexican fighters, look at the names I mentioned right now. None of these guys hold the fucking candle next to Julio Cesar Chavez. No, Canelo's getting close to that. Yes, he is. Canelo's literally like arms reach of reaching that plateau. Mm-hmm. The rest of the other guys go in order. Like, if you actually call it, cut it down. So, uh, Salvador Sanchez, he's right there next to Chavez. Like, maybe he's 1A, 1A, 1B. And mm-hmm. then if you actually go for it, 
the, it, it goes, it kind of goes around. It could be Morales, Barrera, Barrera, Morales. Marquez goes around there, and after that, every other boxer goes beyond that, goes goes after, and in however order you want. Chavez could have been one of those top ten, mm-hmm. top twenty best uh, Mexican fighters out there yeah, who brought uh, pride and joy to the Mexican people. I really agree. He has brought shame to them. You know, like I said, this is the guy who never wanted to be a boxer, but he was too lazy to go to school, too lazy to do anything, and decided all I'm going to do is get in shape and just throw on some gloves, and they're going to match me perfectly against fighters to look good. And he did it. And like I said again, he looked promising when he was under the tutelage of Freddie Roach. When he looked like he was taking the shit seriously, he was looking good. Mm -hmm. Something changed, or he reverted back to what he was, a lazy shit. (laughs) Since then, he's looked like shit. He hasn't taken any fight series. This is his sixth fight where he's missed weight. No one is... He is not bankable anymore in the United States. No, he's not. He's not a bankable commodity anymore. And after last... uh, This past Saturday night's performance, I doubt he's even bankable in Mexico. The only way I think people are going to want to pay to see him... And I'm going to say this and it's a bold prediction and disrespectful to the sport of boxing... If they were to say, live on Showtime, Jake Paul or Logan Paul will be facing former middleweight champion of the world, Julio Cesar Chavez Jr., my money is on the Paul brothers. Yeah. Those guys at least take it seriously. Say what you want to say about them. They're an embarrassment to the sport. They're taking away. You cannot call those kids lazy when it comes to boxing. They're at least running the miles. They're, they're, They're running the drills. They're boxing. They're learning the the sport of boxing. They're not going in there swinging like maniac. Well, Logan Paul is. Yeah, I was going to say, Logan really was. But yeah. they're at least taking it seriously, B-Ray. Mm-hmm. It just happens to be that they're famous and they're getting the big fights. But if you were to tell me Chavez was going to fight one of the Paul brothers, my money would be on the Paul brothers. No, and everyone would, would tune in for that, for sure. Any MMA fighter that decides to cross over to boxing would beat Julio Cesar Chavez Jr. Pretty much. I think even Connor would. Connor <laughs> would beat the shit out of him. That's this is where Chavez Jr.'s career is at. I see why Chavez Sr. did what he did this Saturday by inviting Canelo Alvarez up to the stage, inviting him to the ring, having him in his corner, and then embracing him after the fight. I see that, and I saw that. I know I said this was lighter news, <laughs> but it's not. It, it is, and then it's not because it is because it is just funny to see Anderson Silva. Do what he did to a guy like Cruz Chavez, who's supposed to be a boxer. You know what I mean? Exactly. And you're fighting an aged fighter of 46 years old who really has, who has been competitive at MMA, but this was his first boxing pro fight. This was his first one. And he, he looked like he was, he was having fun in there. He wasn't intake. You ain't seriously. Mm-hmm. And you were just there to collect the check. He's not bankable in the United States anymore. He's not bankable in Mexico. That that's kind of where I'm at, and like mm-hmm. I didn't like I said I'm glad I didn't watch the event. No, I think I tried to watch at least the Chavez uh, Macho Camacho Junior fight. Oh shit, it took too long to start. But uh, <laughs> and now and plus I was I was too drunk and I wanted it to was it was kind of a little late. So I was like, eh, you know what, fuck this shit. Yeah, we left. <laughs> Which I did see some like videos where Chavez had enough of the uh, the helmet, whatever, and just the gear, the headgear just removed. At age fifty six, Chavez Senior has more balls. Then his own son. His own son. <laughs> Omar Chavez. 
At least takes a, takes his career seriously. Mm-hmm. This kid doesn't. He's a fuck up. Yeah. And to me, that's, that's it. what I've been saying. I think mm-hmm. next time I hear him, I, I'm not. I'm out. I'll comment about it, but I'm not taking him any seriously anymore. Just no need to really. Sorry. His just... best chance is to move up to heavyweight, and even then, he's just gonna get beat up. Yeah. Oh no. Fuck yeah. Oh fuck yeah. I. Again, I don't want to sound like that asshole. He should retire. Who am I? But. What else, what else can he do, really? What else can he fucking do? He can't commentate because he sucks. <laughs> can't even, have you heard him speak? Yeah, I've heard him speak. <laughs> can't speak. What are you gonna do? I'm hoping he's. I'm hoping he has money invested because I not, hope so too. Jesus Christ, he's gonna be fighting circus fights. Next up, it's really, he's gonna be in the fucking Ringling Brothers. <laughs> he's gonna be in that circus right here on uh, on uh, on Peck. On Peck right here in Salto del Monte, right? Salto del Monte, circo. <laughs> Vengan, vengan todos a mirar el, el me, campeón mexicano, Julio César Chávez Jr. contra un oso. <laughs> He's going to be Chuck Webner. He's going to be fighting bears. He's going to be Chuck Webner. <laughs> he'll be fighting bears. It's just, it's it's an embarrassing, it really is. Watch, well, he'll be fighting bears. It's an embarrassing, really. I wouldn't be surprised if Jake Paul takes his fight. Like, you know what? If Silva took him, the fuck. You know what? Jake Paul's a 190 pounder. Like, just touch out. Hey, just, just get to 190. Fuck it. If you go there, I'll fuck you up anyways. <laughs> You'll probably miss weight there too. Shit. What do you think though? Like you, if you if you heard Jake Paul versus Chavez Jr. Like it says, that's if he gets past Tyron Woodley, mm-hmm. you would really like. I I'm saying right now, I'd 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 root for Jake Paul. I think Jake would win. I I wouldn't really root for for nobody. Now if you ask me what I watch it since we got the fire stick, yeah. <laughs> no, but you, do you think Jake Paul has a better chance? Oh fuck yeah! Oh yeah! If you if you ask me that, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, fuck yeah. Jake Paul wins. I, I vote for. I put my money on him. That's how confident I am. I put money on that. I put money on that. He right. Wins. <laughs> I put money that he wins. I don't know how money that he knocks him out. I put money he wins. Yeah. Right. There we go. Exactly. I put money on him winning. Fuck that. Same here. Yeah. Same I'll here. fucking say it. I never thought I would say that, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, yeah. Same here. I didn't think I would say that either. Yeah, about Jake. any any pro fighter fighting Jake Paul. Exactly. There's only one guy now. This. Yeah. Him. Chavez. Yeah. Jake Paul will fuck him up. Yeah. To me, I have more hope for Brona than I do Chavez now. I'll leave it as that. <laughs> All right, let's sign off. We're going to sign off. It's, a, yeah, it's yeah. our Monday review. It'll yeah. be out Monday today before Monday before Monday ends. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll be back on Thursday to give a review of yeah. Lomachenko versus... Oh, my God. I keep forgetting the guy's name, man. But he, he gave Lopez a tough fight. That's all I know. <laughs> yeah, me too. That's all I know. And this is Lomachenko's first fight since his loss last October against Lopez. So I am curious to see how he's going to look. I'm looking up the uh, name here. My bad. Oh, uh, okay. My bad. But yeah, that's next week with Lomachenko. This week. Vasily Lomachenko. Nakatani. Nakatani. Damn, I keep forgetting. Yeah, so we'll be predicting our Lomachenko for the Nakatani. Yep. Lomachenko's going around saying that he wants to knock him out, something that Teofimo couldn't do. Yep. So we'll talk about that. We'll see about that. And we'll talk about the pay-per-view. Yeah. Javante Tank Davis moves up to 140 pounds. Uh, it's uh, what Mario Barrios yeah there you go thanks there you go. For, Mario Barrios <laughs> I should write this shit down dude <laughs> but that's gonna be our prediction plus whatever boxing news we got mm-hmm. leading into that card so don't forget to download this show go to the or um uh, ugh, go to the link on the bio click the click subscribe to any podcast platform we're on Spotify Apple iTunes iHeart pretty much everywhere you guys can yeah. find us go to our Linktree account Go to us, uh, Teespring. Order yourself your tank top. Your Summer shirt. merch. Summer merch is out right now. Get it out. Support the show. Mm-hmm. We're working on some stickers. Believe me, I keep saying that, but I'm working on it. 
We'll be coming out with stickers pretty soon. Throw them out there for free for you guys to have. Mm-hmm. Put them everywhere. Um, other than that, enjoy your guys' Monday. Yep. I know we will. I'm hungry as fuck. Yeah, fuck. Me too. All right. Later. Peace. What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. At no point in your rambling, incoherent response were you even close to anything that could be considered a rational thought. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. I award you no points, and may God have mercy on your soul. This is all I got. This is all I got.